I'm Glennis Markison from HappyCo. Welcome to Voices, where we feature fresh perspectives in multifamily. Our guests share their voices on emerging trends, leadership strategies, and much more. Our guest is Jaron Bradley, Senior Vice President of Operations at AMC, Apartment Management Consultants. All told, Jaron oversees about 45,000 units, 12 VPs, and 43 regional managers across 17 states. He's heavily involved in training, product development, and finding the best advancements to help the workflow at properties. Today on Voices, Jaron joins us to discuss the changing nature of day-to-day property operations and due diligence in this COVID-19 climate, plus how to address the biggest concerns teams now face in these areas. Welcome to Voices, Jaron. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah, well, I would really just kind of like to dive in here. I mean, in in this COVID-19 climate, what are the biggest changes that you're seeing to -to day-to-day property operations? The list is probably too long for this podcast, but um, I think probably the biggest changes is just um, is is not being able to kind of open our doors, uh, have that handshake like we're used to and try to, inter, you know, um, really mingle with the people that come in and really, you know, show them a, a good experience from having that go away to now, you know, changing to virtual tours um, you know, more people paying online, less people coming into the office. Um, most of our properties, the amenities are closed. Um, I would say, actually, actually I, I said most, but all of our properties right now, the amenities are closed. So I think that is a downfall for us because uh, I, I believe that's why a lot of apartment renters uh, go to apartments is, you know, the amenities, the the pool of the fitness center and having that all available for them right there. Um, so I think just all of those items and, uh, and then the co- combination of the unknown of, you know, who's going to be paying rent and uh, working out deferment plans. And, you know, so all those, all those bases is, is changing on a daily. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine that asks a lot of you and your teams on a communication level. So just kind of going into this topic of communication, are your teams largely working remotely? And if so, I mean, how would you say that's changed the way you need to be interacting with each other across all of these states and properties? Well, pretty much all of our properties are not working remotely. Um, uh, in most states, I think I, I don't. We don't have any right now that don't make uh, property management an essential service. And so, right now, all of our offices are open, um, but just closed to foot traffic. Um, so that communication is bigger. Um, our corporate offices are closed just because we can work remotely, um, but we're still, you know, we're still doing emergency work orders. We're still. Um, there for residents to be able to, you know, contact us through email or phone. And this is the, you know, this is the time where picking up that phone and really communicating with the residents is, has been a, a big plus. You know, we're even trained to, as far as communications going, we uh, just to do something new at a lot of properties, they're celebrating birthdays by having parades with you know, our, our maintenance team and the golf carts and Oh my gosh, birthdays for staff or for residents? For residents and, oh. and you know, we're, we're um, we kind of pick the middle of the month and they go through and drive through and, you know, just kind of celebrating things that 
just to show them that we're still there. We're still, we, you know, unfortunately we can't open the door. Um, but we want, you know, we want them to know that we're there and we're, and we're thinking about them. So. Wow. Is that, was that on Instagram? I hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Immediately. Very nice. Yeah. I mean, I want to get into this kind of communication and marketing angle a bit um, throughout the interview, but kind of for now, I mean, communicating about the safety concerns to residents as you had to close these amenities and as you've communicated around when they might be open and why there's this delay, can you kind of recommend some best practices as far as like recommending the safety needs, but also just keeping tabs daily or weekly with everybody living at your properties? Yeah. So I think the best communication is just kind of reiterating the the ban of of being in public places so i think that's how we're you know communicating to them why we're having to close it we're trying to we're trying to stick with the state laws we're trying to stick with you know being in 20 what 26 different states every state and city and county all have their little own criteria and so you know just trying to make sure that we're abiding by those rules um most people have been very understandable about it. A lot of them, it's stay at home, so uh, they can't really go out. But we are, you know, we are getting into the season in a lot of places where pools are going to start opening and, um, and you know, we're going to start attempting to open up fitness centers. And, you know, with the pool, we're, if it's a packed full pool of furniture, maybe we're going to take half of that furniture out and, you know, create the social distancing create you know a maximum occupancy that people could of people that can be in there so if it was um you know 80 people in the pool we're uh, going to move it down to 40 or, or 60 you know just depending on the pool size and and where we can lay out the furniture and so we're um having that we also you know with the gym with the once those start opening which will should be in the next i would say 30 days at most of our properties um, you know, we're just going to change up the signage. We're going to uh, send out letters before and make sure that the the residents know that they need to uh, bring in, you know, bring in their own sanitized wipes um, and wipe down machines before, wipe down machines after, you know, again, putting that occupancy uh, limit uh, on each of the fitness centers and, you know, and then our team as well, um, going in and, and wiping down all the machines on a regular basis and, um, you know, making sure that we're doing that part as well. So uh, it's going to be a full team effort, including from the residents, because um, we, we can't be there every minute when they're using them. But our goal is to put uh, those things in place to make sure that we're wiping down and cleaning the, the amenities a lot more frequently. Yeah. And, and turning to team communication, how would you say having a corporate office go remote has change just the way that you're leading and managing now as far as I mean best practices you have around are there daily huddles you're doing how have you been sharing information without a shared office uh, I think just through through zoom meetings where um, being able to video chat where you know a lot of, a lot of our a lot of my team um, already has is working remotely because of I outsee some or I oversee some of our outskirt properties uh, and so we've already kind of hit that remote working situation. Um, but like our corporate office in Salt Lake, Salt Lake doesn't have a full uh, stay at home order. And so they're able to kind of work in there, but we have given the option, you know, some employees feel uh, they got to be home with their kids or they have to, uh, you know, they don't feel comfortable going into an office on a daily basis. So we've definitely uh, really allowed them to be at home 
Um, but our communications there is just kind of how we've been doing it in the past, but changing it to some Zoom meetings and having that uh, video conference calls. Um, and the daily huddles are, are still there and, and those types of things, just most of that stuff didn't change from before, but more, more in person uh, with, the Zoom, with the Zoom calls. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm wondering, I mean, the, the sector I think of in multifamily that takes so much communication is due diligence. And so I'm curious, how is that changing in nature? I mean, are you seeing the numbers of DDs that you would be doing go, go down? I mean, how, how is that whole world kind of different now? Uh, it is a new world. Um, so we, <laughs> uh, we actually have uh, on those types of inspections, so DDs or even at our properties where we would do normally like a semi-annual unit inspection of each unit, uh, we've eliminated those so far um, and right now. Just because that thought of going into one unit that may or may not have it, um, they may have it and then you know that person goes and walks 40 other units, what are they bringing with them? So we have eliminated it, but it hasn't been, the, the request has really been there as well. So like you said, it's kind of changed on that side. I, the owners are more understandable uh, about just maybe doing the file audits um, and looking at the files, making sure that they're right on that side, and then not doing as met, not doing 100% unit walks, maybe the vacant units, or um, you know maybe a hand one in each building or those types of things. But um, luckily, we haven't come across too many. A lot of our owners are. And a lot of lenders are kind of stopping the process right now. So we haven't had to uh, have, haven't had to say no too often. Yeah. I mean, in terms of buyers changing their requirements during this chaotic time, can you elaborate just a bit more on that? Yeah. So um, buyer, some buyers are not allowing the unit walks. Um, sellers are not allowing the unit walks. So buyers are, are not able to do it. So, you know, we have a couple that are coming on here and same thing where we're only doing the file audits. We're not actually being able to do any unit walks and that's per the, the seller. Um, and so, you know, buyers are being understandable. Uh, they do need to get in a few units, but again, those are going to be the vacant units um, and that, and that type of stuff. So, yeah. I mean, how do you see this changing? Cause it sounds so much like it's a sort of a bandaid limbo approach, but do you see DDs kind of changing in a fundamental way or going back to normal with this safety concern of one person in one unit means every unit could be exposed? Yeah, I think, um, I, I do feel like moving forward, we're going to have to start doing them again. Um, and I, you know, the best practice is, is going to be, you know, wearing masks, safety equipment and, and Maybe it's, you know, putting on booties on every different one. I, we haven't got there yet because we haven't gotten past the, you know, stay at home. But I, I do feel like they're going to change. It's going to be similar to what we've done in the past, but maybe just taking, uh, you know, quite a few more precautions. And most of the time when we walk through, it's uh, we are keeping our distance from residents anyways. Um, and we're, you know, we're in and out pretty quickly, but you just don't know what what the air is in an environment, you know, and maybe it, the residents are, well, we don't feel good. Okay. That's not when we're entering. So, you know, I think also moving forward, 
hundred percent unit walk is not going to be something that we can do fully. Um, I think we're going to have to, it's going to be a shorter version, a smaller, you know, smaller pool of residents that we're going to be able to get into. Yeah. But I mean, this all really kind of conjures up the notion of data right now. I mean, collecting it, sharing it sounds like such a different scene than you're used to. So whether it's push inspect or anything else, do you see that there's a way to still be getting real time unit conditions and then somehow addressing, because I'm curious how you're going to address all these needs that aren't quite urgent, you know, whether it's fire safety or quarterly walks. I mean, so what can you say right now about you were such a pro of, of workflow um, efficiency? And so what are you feeling right now in your gut about the way that data is being collected and shared? Well, I think that it's, it's definitely less data, which doesn't make it easier for, you know, buyers to want to move forward if they don't have the full data. But I I do feel like getting into a certain number of units and getting into a, a good portion of them is going to give you the picture. Uh, I mean, really, our goal is to kind of see what we're going to have to pay for using moving forward. And so, you know, if it's if it's carpets, you know, are, that we're going to have to replace and we go into 50 percent of the units and, you know, 10 percent of those have uh, carpet replacement that are needed you know, then 100% would need 20% of the property, you know, just, I think you kind of got to look at it that way and just be more on the proactive side than than the reactive side. So uh, we would probably just kind of double those depending on the amount of units that we get into. Um, But it is going to be harder, I think, for buyers to be able to want to move forward if we don't get that full data set um, like they're used to seeing. Yeah. And even your relationships with vendors, I mean, around turn, you might already have these pre-move out inspections or some way of really having a solid case for needing X amount of walls painted or carpets replaced. So how are you juggling just that relationship with vendors to to be sure that you can forecast and maybe ask for more than you need or, or have less and hope that they have more? I'm so interested in how you're doing this dance with them now. Right. So uh, we've created a Pre, uh, pre-move out inspection for all of our residents and we're doing the push inspection so we're able to send the resident that pre-move out um, inspection and so they're able to send us you know kind of just we just ask them to take pictures of each of the rooms and and just kind of that way we can get an idea of what we're going to have to do um, but I think we're just we're having to take a little bit longer time on turning the units so our policy right there is that we don't enter into the unit for four days. If, if it's not rented, we're, we're not going in for four days to kind of let everything air out. And, and then we're getting in there and, you know, our vendors have been real good we, before everything really hit. Um, and just kind of when we started changing our policies, you know, we got a letter out to all of our vendors, making sure that they understood our, our policy for them. And, you know, and then in return, we've asked them to send us, their policy. And I think it's kind of helped um, them, you know, form what they want to do when they get into units and, and vice versa. So once we've kind of seen some of their policies, we've, we've added to our best practices and, and we've, I think with everything with the vendors and all, all that has been, has been working really well. Um, the hardest part is if it's a need or, you know, not necessarily an essential or, an emergency, uh, we're having to put some of those things off that we would normally do for residents, um, you know, because our vendors aren't doing, uh, you know, carpet replacement teams aren't doing occupied units right now. Um, Carpet cleaning, uh, same thing. They're not doing occupied units unless it's an emergency. So, you know, like a flood or those types of things, we're giving people, 
we're getting our vendors to come in and do those. But if it's non-emergency items, uh, they're currently not doing those types of things. Yeah. And has there been visibility around just tracking all that? I mean, I can only imagine like you're dealing with this everyday flurry of curveballs and then you're also trying to think about what you're collecting as a problem that you would address later. So how is the process been of organizing all those those important needs, but not urgent needs? Yeah, I think just really um, we've got myself and, you know, my other senior VP, Mike Stamper and Brenda and Dana, who is our president and operations coordinator. So we have all gotten together and we just continue to update those best practices. Um, but we continue to go over like, what is those essential and, and emergency services? Um, because we, and then we get questioned from our teams, uh, you know, on a daily. Uh, and so we're just reviewing each one individually and case by case. If, you know, if someone needs uh, their doorknob tightened on, on a door that's inside of their apartment, we're putting that off. We're putting it in our system, but we're holding off to, to do it. So that way we know once things are kind of lifted and we can get back to those non-emergency work orders, then we're really moving forward with getting that done and getting them uh, and getting those processed. But I think a part of it is too, is just communicating to the residents because a lot of the minor things, residents are being you know, kind of, hey, this is how you could do it, like a garbage disposal. You know, can you check the reset button? Oh, I didn't know there was a reset button, and they're able to fix those types of things. Well, that's great. Is that a tech calling them, or how are you making that exchange happen? Yeah, so uh, a tech calling them. Also, some of you know, some are putting going into a vacant unit and putting a little video together. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, tell me more about that. How is how have you decided to do that? Kind of really proactively. Yeah, so we've. Um, we thought of that kind of towards the first of, of those little work orders that we get a lot um, that might be just things that residents could do, you know, and maybe if, maybe it's even battery change for their battery or for their smoke alarms or CO detectors. And so we're, you know, we would take in and drop off the batteries at their doorstep and then we would send them a little video uh, of how to change it, you know, and just, um, you know, just think, little things like that, that we, each property is kind of, has their little things so they're able to go in and, and kind of just show how they how they can do that themselves and you know just a little quick video of you know whatever the issue might be but yeah no this is excellent it's very digital age 2020 <laughs> um, <laughs> it's getting I'm, there <laughs> i'm also curious speaking of video and the you know virtual digital age we're in um can you tell me more about leasing i mean you're obviously doing so much with the marching band stuff on someone's birthday to to make the best for your communities already living there but how do you feel like leasing and marketing a unit um, is changing right now? What has your been your practice around engaging a prospect, but um, you know, obviously adhering to all these safety concerns? Well, depending on the state, we're doing most of it's by appointment only um, on on tours. We're also we have a lot of prospects that don't want to come to the property um, because they don't want to leave their homes, but they want to see the unit. And so, you know, FaceTime, Facebook Messenger virtual tours, you know, going in and videoing it and then sending it to them. Most of our properties have set up a YouTube account where they've um, gone in and, and set up those virtual tours. So I think it's just a combination of all those things. Um, you know, we're getting a lot of uh, tours that we go in and really just show them through the, you know, via phone and, and that where they want to look at the unit that they're going into. Uh, some are just requesting the virtual tour. Uh, so we're sending them to our YouTube pages. 
Uh, and then uh, we're also doing self-guided tours. So, you know, we can go in and unlock the unit for the res or for the prospect and um, we would tell them where it's at, send them a map, you know, kind of have the directions to where they need to go once they park. They go in, they've taken a look at the unit and then we go back in, you know, lock it up after they leave. So uh, we're just trying to get creative so they feel that comfort of, you know, looking at their home and purchasing their, you know, and leasing their new place. So, yeah, no, I think that's really exciting that the nimbleness it's requiring of your staff and how everybody across all these different states is getting the memo. Um, I am curious how you envision it changing going forward, leasing and marketing of units. I mean, do you, how do you feel there's going to be a marrying of that kind of personal touch of a tour with a person and then technology um, just going forward in leasing? Well, I think now that we've, added those virtual tours and we've added the idea that it can happen. You know, some of the stuff we were already doing because we have those out of state residents that come into, um, you know, come into town. So they, you know, they're renting something sight unseen anyways. So it's, um, we had some of those things in place, but I think moving forward, you know, it is going to be a lot different because we're going to have that social distancing factor where we're going to have to, you know, uh, I don't know if you've been into a grocery store lately, but most of them have put the plexiglass in front of the registers. And, you know, so is that our new way of kind of keeping our employees safe and keeping the, res uh, you know, prospects safe where we're putting that plexiglass up, we're putting down the signs where people, the six feet apart, the, you know, the one I don't like the most is the no handshake policy, but you know, that's just something we have to put in place. <laughs> Uh, but I think just, yeah, touring them like that and touring the, um, them into those different, I think we'll reopen here soon, obviously it's going to come, but I think putting those measures into place. So having the signs, um, and the floor signs and having the floor markers to show how far to stand back or, you know, and maybe, uh, not no chairs where you'd have someone come in and really sit down and take them through the whole thing it might be a standing tour, you know, we've already kind of talked about, do we start changing office desks from sitting to standing and, um, or do we have like a little counter where people come up to, or, a, a, you know, a higher table, tabletop that someone would come up to versus going to a desk. So all those things are, are things we're starting to put in place as we're going to start opening up here in the next few weeks. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of embracing of change right now. <laughs> and if it's not embracing, it's accepting, right? So what, what can you tell me about, I mean, are you inspired to see an industry just doing it live? You know, I mean, what can you, what can you say about the capacity to embrace change that you're seeing and, and what, what kind of changes you think are going to, this industry will see going forward? Well, I mean, first of all, thankful to our teams because they've been the ones that have really embraced it um, and, and because we have changed. We've changed, you know, a good portion of our operations in the last 45 days. And so, you know, they have embraced it. I think everybody is going to have to, you know, uh, it is, it is a new day of technology and, and we're able to utilize it. I think that, you know, I still, I still see questions on chat rooms and stuff that I'm, that I'm on that are, are you guys doing virtual tours? It's like, well, yeah, we've been doing them for the last 45 days. Um, you know, and so I think those, those, those people need to really get in that spirit of that it is going to change and that you need to embrace it and, and figure out those ways to use the technology. And then I think moving forward, uh, you know, uh, the multifamily industry has always 
been that leader of changes in a lot of things anyways. Um, so I think that's going to continue to um, be pushed and, and, you know, a lot of our, a lot of our industry is going to push those things uh, to our, to our owners and to our leaders and uh, make sure that they get impacted or they get in place uh, moving forward. Yeah. And that was really, I mean, it was excellent and kind of inspiring to see that it's really been your teams just, just persevering through this. And I guess I wonder um, what, what else just specifically has made you really hopeful or laugh or, or just kind of feel giddy and like light on these really dark occasions sometimes where you're not sure what's next for the business or how rents are coming in or how, you know, you should be communicating a certain safety law that's changed. Just if you could weigh in on some of the specifically very hopeful moments you've had recently, I think that'd be nice for listeners to know that like even the most chaotic days can be uh, light filled. Well, I just, <laughs> we have, we have great teams um, at our properties. And so, you know, some of them are having fun with the, the virtual tours and creating, you know, like the Instagram, the Instagram posts. And I think just, one comes to mind that I saw uh, just yesterday. It was, it was basically like come in for a tour and it was, they were grabbing a bottle of wine and how does this quarantine, you know, have you <laughs> shaken up and do you need a new place? And, you know, just things like that. So it's just, I think just having fun with that. Our teams have really had to change some of those things uh, where they're putting on that, you know, where they're putting on that show where they're doing the parades, where they're, you know, trying to do things for, for their residents um, to just show them that we're still here, that we care. Uh, we had a property uh, in Nevada. They went and, um, you know, took over a hundred pizzas to all the residents. Um, wow. You know, just, Different flavors. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. Well, it was little Caesar. So uh, you know, they, only have a, they only have a couple of flavors, <laughs> but, but legendary ones. <laughs> so no, just, you know, but doing those types of things, um, you know, Hawaii's been a really uh, a one that's been hit hard. So our owner out there, um, you know, they he's given gift cards to the residents for groceries. He's just all kinds of things, and, and just the the care that he's kind of seen during this time has been um, has been awesome. So. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing these insights with us, Jaron. I mean, I really think they're going to be of, of great benefit for anybody listening. And I appreciate your joining us on Voices today. Oh, you're very welcome. And thanks for having me. If you'd like to hear from other voices in multifamily or learn how to share your voice, head to voices.happy.co. You can find voices on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. Voices is produced by HappyCo, the leading real-time property operations platform for multifamily and student housing. We're on a mission to elevate property management to community management, prioritizing staff and resident well-being. That starts by listening to you, the voices of multifamily. I'm Glennis Markison. Thanks for listening. Also, feel free to take a minute and rate or review this podcast. That will help us share the voices of multifamily. Multifamily.